gentlemen it is i the microphone messiah i'm joined by the current bullet cast podcast champion brandon tanguma we're kicking it og bullet cast style just the two of us bt what's going on today man what's up philip just the two of us today here on this thursday we're doing in the afternoon something we haven't done in well i guess we've done it recently but we should do this more often yes this this was the regular thing recorded thursday at noon and it'd be released after that, on the same day, those were those were those were good times. You know, we had to make some adjustments. Normally, the show would have been out already, but uh, here we are. Here, here, here we are. Let's get into it. Uh, outside the ring, Tammy Sitch has been sentenced to seventeen years in prison for a uh, manslaughter and DUI and all that other stuff. Can you read the official statement? So I couldn't find like the official statement, but I found some some news articles that okay. touch on it, but. Uh, so this happened last year. She has been serving, I think, almost a year. So if we go in terms of like time served, she'll serve for another 16 years. But this, as you guys should remember, stems back from her getting another DUI after having her license revoked and all that other stuff. She ended up killing a 75-year-old man while her blood alcohol level was four times the legal limit. And um, she could have faced up to 25 years, but she gets 17 16 with time served right now so uh tammy sitch uh not gonna see her for a very very long time and this should not have happened as i talked about she's had numerous duis in the past currently she's 50 years old so she will be locked up till she is 66 what are the, that's crazy man what i mean to go from where she was you know the the most popular woman in the industry to this. This is this is wild, man. What, yeah, I mean, it's just just wrong? it's a sad story overall. I mean, she had everything. She was, you know, gorgeous. She had she was smart. She had so much charisma. And then, whether you call it her personality, the wrestling business, a combination of the two, it just all kind of went downhill. And it should have never gotten to this point for whatever reason. The American justice system doesn't take DUI seriously enough. And so she was able to just continuously roam the streets and drive, even though she did have a license, but that's not going to stop people like her. And ultimately it, uh, she took someone's life because of it. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking at the, uh, looking at her, uh, her bio here. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I forgot. She was, a uh, an adult entertainer for a period of time. For, forgot that that's one of her career choices that, that that she made uh yeah this is uh this is unfortunate you know don't know wh- where it went wrong you know maybe i mean she has she's has done so many shoot interviews maybe it's out there somewhere we just haven't heard it you know uh but uh, you know she, you, you do the crime you got to pay the time do the crime gotta do the time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Un- unfortunate unfortunate 
Uh, moving on from that, uh, Camille is going to be a free agent starting at the beginning of the year. Uh, Camille, you know, she's the longest reigning NWA Women's Champion of all time. They get, what, 700-something days. Uh, so, yeah, it's be nice to see where she lands. I mean, with, you know, people like Jade Cargill making the move over to WWE, that could be something we could see from her. I mean, I, I, just the physical presence of, like, a, a Camille, a Jade Cargill, a, a Rhea Ripley, a Raquel Rodriguez, you know, a Charlotte, that's... That's appealing to me. I like that. Yeah, I think she can go in a numerous different directions. As you said, you know, WWE kind of has that archetype for kind of like the stronger woman body type. Uh, Tony Khan, we've seen in the past of some of his signings, you know, he does like the blondes. Maybe he, uh, she goes to AEW, you know, Impact TNA. They have a, a pretty strong women's division. So I think uh, whether it's, Whatever the best offer is or whatever she feels is the best fit for her, I think she can do whatever she wants. Yes. Uh, Luna Melo Guevara was born on November 28th, 2023, 8.4 pounds, uh, 24 hours of labor. Congratulations to uh, Ty Melo and Sammy Guevara. They've welcomed their baby girl. And uh, I believe congratulations are also in order for Alexa Bliss. She had her baby girl, um, what, I think on the 27th? So uh, babies are just being born. Congratulations to everybody. Yeah, shout out. I mean, you know, crazy that, you know, all these people get pregnant around the same time that have the babies around the same time. You know, Carmela had her baby a couple weeks ago. Now, uh, Ty Mello and uh, Alexa Bliss. Also, shout out Sammy Guevara. I guess he finally got cleared from his concussion. Maybe he might take a couple weeks off for uh, paternity leave. But um, things are looking great for the uh, Sammy Ty household right now. Yes, congratulations to everyone that is having children and, you know, just being all merry with it and, and all that other stuff. Uh, to some uh, more depressing news, Serena Deeb, uh, she put out a video, um, it was yesterday or earlier today, stating why she's been gone, why she hasn't been wrestling. You know, we've been kind of questioning that. Uh, she's been suffering from seizures. She's had three seizures in the past year, she said. But, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is she's cleared to come back to the ring uh, I'm a fan of Serena Deeb. I love her work. I enjoyed her as the NWA uh, Women's Champion. I thought she should have been the AW Women's Champion, and hopefully now that could kind of be rectified. I mean, her, her being the professor, just like smarter than everybody in the ring. I love that character. Obviously, you know, with this news coming out, she's going to be a – she should be a monster baby face. And this is an incredible story, so I'd, I'd love to see uh, love to see it play out. Yeah, sad news from her. You know, similar to you, I really enjoyed what she was doing in AW, and it was kind of weird. Why she wasn't, uh, you know, working there, and there was a lot of rumors and innuendos. But as someone who knows someone with the uh, who's dealt with seizures in the past, they're definitely no joke because you can't really predict them. They kind of just happen or whatever. And when they do, I mean, they can range from minor to like really serious. So seizures are uh, nothing to mess with. Yes, uh, I mean, my mother suffers from them, so I know they can be uh, very, very uh, tragic. Um. Uh, just announced by WWE, Randy Orton is going to be on SmackDown this Friday, so that's interesting. Daddy's Daddy's back. He's really back. Not only that, the Tribal Chief, his next dates have been announced. Looks like we are going to get Roman Reigns one more time before the year is up. It was two weeks of uh, the 15th of December, Green Bay, Wisconsin, then the 5th of uh, January, Vancouver, British Columbia, and then uh, the 19th, Atlanta, Georgia, so... You know, hyping up whatever he's going to be possibly doing at the Royal Rumble. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like we should be getting the Tribal Chief on uh, one of the big four. I, mean, I know he wasn't advertised and he wasn't on the poster, 
Some people were thinking, oh, he just wasn't going to work it. We weren't going to see him again until whenever, but it's nice to know we're going to get some more Roman Reigns. Yeah, I would expect for him to be at the Royal Rumble. Um, I mean, maybe it's not even like in a match, possibly. Like maybe he's, you know, at ringside or doing something, but I would just suspect him having a match at WrestleMania or at a Royal Rumble. So, uh, yeah, and kudos to them. I think you definitely can get something from advertising Roman Reigns, like saying in advance, he's going to be here, here, and here. People who may not have bought the shows, maybe because they didn't know if Roman was going to be there now, they'll probably move some extra tickets because of that. That is possible. That is that is interesting. I'm looking at uh, the other dates uh, just for different people. WWE, they're really going on the tour. They're hitting all the markets. Looks like they're going to be in Inglewood of where you know, WrestleMania was this year. Uh, on the thirtieth, which is also the King of the Death match, so that'll be that'll be interesting to, to to run on that same day. Just looking at that. Uh, what else do we have? AW Battle of the Belts returns on the thirteenth of January. Uh, this will be what the sixth installment uh, of this, or to be honest, I've kind of lost track. Um, I watched like the first few, and then mainly because like on the DVR, it doesn't record because you have to like individually record Battle of the Belts instead of it like being connected to a rampage or collision or whatever but i mean it's just kind of an extension of a rampage or a collision there's nothing too crazy about it i don't think AEW's done a great job at promoting them it's just like oh yeah you know the are one of our 20 champions we have are going to have a pretty easy defense you know they're going to retain but tune yeah, in please gotta... titles need to change there that's it's fine it's fine have the trails titles change hands? Have that was it? Was it the 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 international title? Have it change hands? Yesterday I was watching AEW and I was because they were talking. It was the Julie Hart match and they were talking about the House of Black being trios champion. I was like, who in the hell are the trios champions right now? I could just not think of it for the life of me. And then the acclaimed, if, right? yeah. And then it finally came to me, the acclaimed. I was like, that just shows to you how much I care about how much they care about the trios titles right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's been a, it's been a thing. It's been a thing. Uh, Mercedes Monet has posted a video. She is back training in the ring. You know, she suffered a broken ankle. Uh, hey, I I've been there. We as we know. I'm glad she's doing better. Saw so she was wearing the, the ankle brace, lacing it up. I need to get one of those. I I, I had one, but I don't, I don't know what happened to it. I don't want to. I don't have. I don't have a repeat now. Hey, exciting. You know, nothing too crazy from her. Just kind of doing the, the standard, you know, rolls and running the ropes and stuff. But, you know, she's been gone for quite a while. So I think that just shows the severity of the ankle injury. And people are going to speculate that it's going to that it might lead to a Royal Rumble return or whatever the hell she does. But it is exciting to see that she's on the track to uh, come back. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, uh, she was she was on to something, man. I mean, she got hurt at that, uh, that New Japan show. And, you know, it worked out for Willow Nightingale to win the uh, strong woman's title. But, yeah, ho hopefully Mercedes Monet, uh, wherever she lands, she comes back a house of fire and she's ready to ready to go, ready to rock and roll. All right, we're going to go outside of the ring. Let's see. Or not outside of the ring. Fan mail, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Who do who 420? Who do who? Hell is truly frozen over. Punk is back in WWE. I know, never say never, but mates, I thought he was going to be the one guy that never came back. I think he's the last, you know, a lot of us thought that, especially, you know, with the AEW of it all when he was there and, uh, you know, the, the way he was bashing them, which we'll talk about his, you know, his promo on Raw. 
But, uh, yeah, he's the last guy to come back. I mean, you know, Warrior, Brett, Steiner, Jeff Jarrett, Bruno, you know, they all they all cast it off WWE. They're not going back there, blah, blah, blah. But as we've seen, one by one, they've all come back. What are you talking about? Ryback is the last big name that needs to come back home to WWE. Like I said, you know, one by one, they've all come back. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, I think the the circumstances surrounding Punk probably helped that. Like, if everything was hunky dory in the world with AEW, I don't know if Punk would go back to WWE. I, just I don't know, think... man. Let's let's not let's not forget. You know, he was at Raw earlier this year looking for Triple H to make amends. Let's not forget that. Maybe that's where this started. Well, that that was also after the All Out brawl. So then maybe at that time he didn't know what his future held. Right, that's a possibility, sure. But I mean, I'm not going to say he would have never come back because you know maybe they would have put out the olive branch of him being in the WWE Hall of Fame or something. But I, I would say the majority of the reason him coming back is because of what happened in AEW, and he realizes that this is his last chance. And whether it's ego, whether it's creative, whatever. It, is driving him i think he understands that if he needs to do this run in wwe to kind of cement himself and kind of get that bad taste out of his, out of his mouth from AEW. yes 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 robert walker i know everyone is saying uh how long will, will it last for punk's return to wwe but i hope it's pleasant for both parties and he can have a nice uh end to his career hey See, that's, po- that's possible. Yeah. That's possible. And, and also, it's a new WWE. The WWE he left was Vince McMahon driven, Vince McMahon owned. Now he's coming into the TKO venture with Triple the- H. With, you know, he did have his issue with Triple H because, you know, that stemmed from like the WrestleMania match that they were going to have him have. But, you know, Triple H, he's shown with the Bruno Ultimate Warrior and other stuff like that. Like he's a, he even said he's a forgiving or not him himself, but I think there's sources that say like he's a forgiving person. And so I think people have evolved. Triple H has gone through his health issues. Punk has obviously gone through some stuff recently. So I, th- I think just the situation has changed overall to where that's what has led Punk to uh, come back. Yeah, I mean, it's this is the Hunter era. You know, we and we talk about you know your ruthless aggressions and your attitudes, but this is after the PG era. This is the this is the Hunter era. Yeah, so this is a uh, this is nice. It's very nice. Uh, Jack of all trades. War Games was fun. Woman's One was wild for the men. Uh, the Randy Pop was awesome. And the Punk return, legit shock. <clears throat> also, kind of disappointed with Punk's return promo, but then again, uh, don't really know what I was expecting. I will talk about that once we get there. Uh, Dan. Heard the news about Sonny. What a fall from grace. To go from being the most searched up person on the internet to spending what could be the rest of her life in prison is wild. Yeah. yeah we talked about that. All right, let me go over to the Instagram DMs because you know who hit us up. And bright as day, X. Mr. X. Yep, yep, yep. Let's see, let's see, let's see. All right. The day we never thought would uh, happen has happened. The prodigal punk has returned to WWE. Uh, That being said, how uh, will this run back in the Federation be different uh, than his roller coaster time in AEW? And we have all the time to talk about that. Uh, which return promo was better, his return promo to wrestling when he came to AEW or his return promo uh, on Raw this past Monday? Well, they were they were different. They were both different. 
They're both very they, different. They were definitely very different. I actually did go back and watch the the AW one. The AW one because for whatever reason I just had it saved in my DVR forever and I just never watched it. I was like, you know what? I think this is the perfect time to watch it and then finally delete it. So I did go back and watch it. And I, I would say the AEW one was better just because of like the emotion and everything of him being gone for almost 10 years. So I would say like the AEW return and the promo itself was better. But there was also some some issues with it, I thought, as well, of him just being like, oh, golly gee, I don't know if I still got it, guys. But at least we'll get to it, you know, with the Raw recap. But I think in the WWE one, he kind of felt more secure about himself and he kind of felt more like he is a wrestler in the current era and he is ready to take over yes i mean he remember he he came back the bar has been set too high speaking of aw how much does punk going uh back hurt them and is aw in somewhat of a rebuilding uh mode now and who can they uh properly lean on as the face of the company now that someone with the star power of punk is gone well i mean it does hurt because i mean like they literally <laughs> <laughs> they literally they collision for CM Punk, so he didn't have to be around the Bucks or Kenny or whatever. That's the rumor. We know we don't know if that's true or not. Uh, and we're seeing even more splintering with QT Marshall given his resignation. He'll be gone at the end of the year. Yeah, QT's Report, leaving. Reports that Punk did not like QTV and it was mismanaging. You know the push of Will Hobbs and like I completely agree with Punk and like I really did think when Punk was on Collision collision was a great show punk was doing good stuff and it seems as though like my ideology of wrestling and his are very similar because i hate a qtv now will hobbs i not might not be as high on him as cm punk was but i agree like that qt front of the show you're not you're not cute wow i mean i'm high on him i don't know how high cm punk is i think he's a good talent qtv was hot garbage i think we can all agree on that and qt marshall throwing a little temper tantrum i think qt might think of himself a little bit better than what he actually is well, you can go see QT Marshall at Big Time Wrestling next week, Friday, December eighth. Tell him I sent you. Oh no, you have you have to go. You have to go represent the show. I told them you'll be there. All right, anyway, I'm going uh, to go meet and greet him, and then you'll give me the Cody Rhodes treatment. And say I hate him. Yeah. Uh sure. Uh, when Impact goes back to their uh, TNA moniker early next year, is uh, a sign for them to do bigger and better things? Yes. I mean, you know, they have a solid roster. Uh, just. Keep what you got, man. I mean, maybe bring in one or two more talents. But just keep what you got going. I mean, they're selling out the buildings that they run. You know, they're not overzealous and trying to sell out 10,000, 15,000 seat arenas. They 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 know where their bread is buttered in there and they're making they're making Texas toast with. It. It's fantastic. I'm not as sold on the TNA name change changing everything for Impact. Uh, I mean, I follow WrestleTix on Twitter and they're doing the TNA Hard to Kill pay-per-view. And that's in what, January? And last time I checked, they've only sold like maybe 500 tickets in like a 1,500,000 seat venue. So that's not great. And I just think it is kind of more of a PR stunt of like, look, guys, we you guys remember TNA from back in the day? That was cool, right? So we're going to be TNA now. But. They, they, I mean, they've been doing like decent stuff on Impact, and yet that still isn't generated buzz. I just don't think changing a name is going to make all that much of a difference. And as I said when it first happened, I think the name is worse, just because it has the kids cover your ears, tits and ass, you know, 
name Brandon, associated I hate, with I it. I hate to burst your bubble, but this isn't 1998 anymore, bro. Nobody, no, no nobody's just going to automatically think, think about that. I'm pretty sure if you say a random person on the street, what does TNA mean? They're not going to say a wrestling company. I'm going to stop a random person on the street. We're going to, we're going to find out. We're, we're okay. Gonna... I, I will bet you a thousand dollars that they do not know what TNA wrestling is. They would say it means tits and ass. Really? A thousand dollars. I, but you got to pay me a thousand dollars. So I'm going to get a thousand dollars for Brandon guys. Uh, speaking of TNA, Dixon Carter was backstage at Monday night. Raw Tony Khan in a couple years. Huh? 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 Well, Maybe I, I know. I mean, it was kind of wild that just Dixie Carter just showed up out of nowhere. Were they in Nashville? Uh, they were in Nashville at the okay, Bridgestone so. Arena. Yeah. But um, I was just trying to think, like, why? Because like Jeff Jarrett wasn't there. Like, obviously Jeff Jarrett's with AEW now. So like, why? Eh, I mean, maybe she has. She probably has some friends in the wrestling business still. So yeah, yeah, she has, she has some friends. Uh, also, which company's outlook uh is brighter as of right now, TNA or AEW? And could you see any of them rivaling WWE in terms of popularity? Or does WWE have too uh, much money in advertising and just power in general to ever be stopped? WWE is always going to be the number one. We know this. Uh, don't try to rival them. Be your own thing. We saw what happened when TNA tried to rival them. Astronomically bad. It was very bad. Just be your own thing. Exist in your own bubble. Exactly. Just I do mean, you, I, boo. I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment wwe is almost too big to fail at this point they're going to be the number one you know always i still would say aew is in a better has a better future just because of kind of the floor they have set for themselves but this has been a terrible year for aew in 2023 and i think the reason it's been so bad is because they've tried to be so much like wwe they don't have that same kind of rebel alternative you know identity that they had in 2019 to 2021 and I don't know how they get back. I mean, I know how they could get back to that. I don't know if they're going to try to get back to that. Yeah, look, man, I'll say, it, man, once Cody left, we saw we saw a down a downfall, man. We really did. Really, really did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into let's get into it all over here. Uh, so the raw recap, CM Punk, he was at the end of the show. Cam comes out there, cuts his promo, says that he's home, says that he's missed um, us. Hell's frozen over because he's in a WWE ring with a live mic. Thanks the fans for chanting his name all those years. Um, even makes references, you know, to the uh, to the pipe bomb promo. Best in the ring on the mic, even at commentary. Thanks a wise man for telling him that he needed to leave to get to find what he needed. Um, talks about an American dream, so you know. Re- got references to Dustin, Paul Heyman, all that. What did you What did you think of the content of the promo? I thought the promo was very interesting, just because of how uninteresting the promo was. I thought it was very boring. It was bland. He didn't really do anything. He kind of talked in circles a little bit. I mean, you're not. I as much as I would have loved for him to, you know, say f the young bucks, f AEW, and all that stuff. He's not going to say that, you know, legally there's still stuff going on but just i don't know i just kind of expected a little bit more but maybe they're not gonna you know blow their load on the first promo maybe they will go down the more shooty style promos with seth rollins which i think that's probably what they're gonna do yeah and he was you know he was pg punk nice guy punk 
now people who are like CM Punk guys who just, you know, don't watch wrestling outside of the CM Punk stuff, they might not like that. Now, he kind of just not completely derailed it, but he was nice guy punk during the promo and then off mic fade to black. He says the line, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money, which kind of like completely, you know, went in the opposite direction of what he was saying in the promo saying like, you know, people are here to, you know, almost everyone is here, you know, likes me and I'm here, you know, to prove that I'm the best in the world or something. He didn't say in that AEW promo, as I alluded to earlier, he is here to be the top wrestler in WWE. So it, he wasn't going to do what he did in AEW. He wasn't just going to bash the other company that he just worked for. He wasn't going to do that. He already did that. Why would he just do that again? And that doesn't make sense. And then he—he he, it was a wink to you know the the kind of the okay that's the punk that, that that we know you know that's that's what that was that little comment at the end you know and I'm I'm sure we're gonna get to the uh, the CM the CM Punk Rollins rivalry we have to I mean Rollins said don't chant that hypocrite's name at me and. I'm sure we're going to get references, and I will, actually I want to see CM Punk and the Grayson Waller effect. I think that would be something interesting because apparently CM Punk can, is a free agent; he can go between both shows. I don't need the Grayson. I need him on the Kevin Owens show. No, I need I need the Grayson Waller effect. So Grayson Waller can be like, "Well, this young buck isn't afraid of you," or something like that. Just get a little 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 little, little cheap bah, you know. I, I need something like that. I assume CM Punk was never on the Kevin Steen show because Steen was a little bit later in ROH. That'd just be a Hell of a time. No, he was he was in WWE when that was going on. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just felt as though, you know, we kind of know who, who CM Punk is and the AEW promo felt much more real than the WWE one. But, you know, all the extenuating circumstances around it, I think he kind of has to placate and, you know, say the certain things like the whole I'm home line. You know, we can. Kind of know how he feels about WWE and a not like that was super eye rolling for me personally, but I could see those CM Punk casuals look and just be like, he's kind of being a sellout right now. He, he's not the, you know, pipe bomb anti-authority guy, but he's in his mid forties. He's back in WWE. That's just not, I just hope people don't expect that to be the kind of CM Punk we're going to get. Because he's a different person, different environment, different era. So, as I said, I, it was interesting because I think they can go in a bunch of different directions, and but they, they didn't. Sh- they didn't, but they didn't show their hands here in this promo. No, no, it's it's uh, it's too early. It's it's way it's way too early. Well, we gotta we gotta let it play out. We gotta let it play out, man. We gotta let it play out. All right, uh, Rhea Ripley and Randy Orton have a promo. Uh, Randy lets Rhea know daddy's back. And then it leads to a match with Dirty Dom and uh, Dom eats an RKO. Yeah. Um, you know, Randy and CM Punk both coming back same night. I almost wish CM Punk felt the same way that Randy Orton does coming back because you can just tell how happy Randy is to be back. You know, being gone for almost two years, probably retirement was very much on the table and he's probably very grateful for him to be back. So Randy... Uh, at the end of when he's walking back from Survivor Series, you see the the fan footage. He throws up ten. He's like ten more years. So we'll see. We will see. And this is a different Randy Orton. You know, he's very much fun loving. I mean, you know, he was kind of fun loving with Matt Riddle, but it's even more so here. Now is that kind of 
playing a face or, you know, as soon as someone ticks him off, he's going to flip a switch. But uh, it's it's kind of fun to see like Randy Orton just so happy and almost kind of like what we see like on like social media, like with his wife and stuff. And now we're seeing that on WWE television. Oh, yeah, Randy Orton also said he has a receipt for every member of the bloodline. Jay Uso went to him and said, like, look, Oos, man, like, I'm, I'm not I'm not with that no more. I'm not I'm not a part of that. But hey, I think Jay Uso has an RKO <laughs> waiting for him. Maybe, but I also thought that was a really good segment just because it's something we don't see too much in wrestling. Just like they, you know, Randy admitted he's watched the product. And it was like, yeah, you know, you've done some bad things in the past, but I kind of, as long as you don't cross me again, we're good. And it's almost like it was a real human interaction, which is something we don't see in WWE off too often. I, I very, I thought that was very good. And also like it flies in the face of what Drew is doing. So it kind of makes Randy an even better person because Drew is doing the complete opposite of what he's doing. Yeah, and what I mean, what happened to Randy is actually worse. <laughs> you know, put him on the shelf for for almost two years and almost cost him his career. Um, yeah. Speaking of Drew, uh, Drew and Rollins have a, a segment. You know, Seth says, "Drew, you think I think you deserve another shot?" But Rollins says he's defending his title next week. Drew asks, "What is it?" It's Jay Uso. So Drew headbutts Rollins and busts himself open because he actually headbutted the championship. Beats up uh, beats up Seth, loses his kilt. Jay comes out there, super kicks, and saves the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, I thought it was a good segment. Um, you know, we had some CM Punk chants and Seth, uh, you know, responded to them. But I think they might have been fishing for a little bit more. And they just didn't get the kind of same CM Punk chants that maybe they thought they were going to get. Which, I don't know what that says about people's feelings towards CM Punk, just WWE cards in general or whatever. But I think they were trying to fish for that CM Punk reaction a little bit more that they didn't get. But the segment with Drew and Seth itself, I thought was really good. They, you know, told a, a decent story. Seth or Drew kind of snapping at the first word of Jey Uso, someone who he beat last week clean in the middle of the ring last week. And yet the person who lost is getting the championship match, which I mean, right Drew technically didn't lose. He wasn't pinned. Well, I'm saying the singles match, like the advantage match, Drew won. And so he technically like is better than Jay, so he should get the title shot. But um, yeah, I'm really much enjoying the Drew McIntyre character and then going backstage with Sammy trying to talk him out of it. And Drew's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm going to, you know, ask uh, Adam Pierce for a match against you. And it was just like, all right, this dude uh, means business, and he's going to kill Sami Zayn next week. He is going to kill Sami Zayn next week. It's unfortunate. It really is. Cody Rhodes has a promo. Talks about the return of Randy Orton. Talks about the return of CM Punk's. Shinsuke Nakamura pops up on the screen, speaking in Japanese. Uh, Cody turns around. Shinsuke appears in the ring. Missed to the face. So this is the closest we're going to see to Cody having blood on his face in WWE. Eh, you never know. Maybe he might pull a, a Bret Hart and, and slide a blade in during a WrestleMania 40, but go hard way, uh, you know, accidentally on purpose. Uh, but yeah, the Cody promo is fine. Um, I like the idea of Nakamura and Cody. It's like a, a little filler feud. Cody announced he's going to be at the Royal Rumble, which is maybe the earliest we've ever seen someone declare for the Royal Rumble in late November. But, uh, you know, it's a good filler feud for like the next month and a half yes. leading into the Royal Rumble. You know, I think people might've gotten a little bit over their skis thinking, Nakamura was talking about CM Punk and they were going to have a match at Survivor Series or something. But I mean, 
it's kind of weird that Nakamura like was talking to riddles for all this time. And yet it was just about someone who was at on raw every single week. He was buying his time. He was biding his time. That's all it was. On uh, Nakamura time. Yes, the Creed Brothers win tag team turmoil. They have an opportunity at the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. Run the gauntlet. They ran it. With uh, Raw being commercial free the first hour, they always love to put on these types of matches. And uh, it filled a lot of time. The Creeds, you know, wrestled their asses off. And it was, uh, you know, a good, uh, obviously, a really good showcase for them. And um, I think they're really talented. And they... I don't know, maybe they beat the Judgment Day, kind of cement them as an actual tag team while the Judgment Day might be going through some some rocky times at the moment. So, uh, good idea, I guess. We'll wait and see. We shall wait and see, yes. Uh, before we get to AW Dynamite, I just want to, I forgot to mention, I saw an advanced screening of the Iron Claw movie. Must be nice. Oh, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, did, did you want to go? That's fine, it's fine. I'm out here killing moles in my front yard. I mean, yeah. uh, it's you know Steve Austin versus the Fly, me versus the mole. When you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be recording matches, you're killing moles. I do know of another. I do know of another screening, possibly next week if you want to go. My people will talk to your people. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, wow, just wow, what a what a what a it was a great movie. It's a very sad movie. You know we. Obviously, you know, we, we learned about the Von Erich tragedy and all the brothers that are no longer with Kevin and all that other stuff. And uh, there are some nitpicky things, you know, as a wrestling fan, you can nitpick. But overall, very good movie um, and uh, just a very, very sad story. Yes. Can't wait for you guys to see this. Can't wait for you to see it. One of these days, we'll have a maybe a little what do you want to talk about? And we do a little movie review, something we've never done before on the show. Yes, yeah, I think you know. I think that's what we're gonna do. I think that's what we're gonna do, and we're gonna have to wait to we're gonna have to wait to release it till you know the movie's out. Yeah, AW. Uh, John Moxley defeats Jay Lethal in the Continental Classic tournament, advancing. Well, you know, it's a round robin tournament, so you don't really advance. Oh uh, yes, uh, I, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Eh, you know these these American fans don't know how a round robin tournament works, apparently. But uh, but I forgot it was a round robin. You, you know, I really don't be. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, Moxley versus Lethal. Everyone kind of knew this was going to happen. Uh, Moxley out in front with six points. Lethal down with zero. I would not be shocked if Lethal doesn't have a point for the entirety of the tournament because he's just kind of the guy to job to everybody. You know, fine match. You get for a win. You get three points for a win. Okay. One point for a draw. Okay. Come on, Katie. Re- Katie painstakingly read through the entire rules, and you didn't pay attention to her. No. Wow. I was, I was, you know, if she listened to this podcast, she'd be very offended. She, she probably will be. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I wear a lot of hats, guys. I do a lot of things. You know, you know, you know, you know. Um, AW Revolution will be in Greensboro. Be at the Greensboro Coliseum. We're we're Sting and Flair. You know, had battles and battled everybody else. Yeah. Greensboro Coliseum, legendary NWA WCW venue. Um, I mean, before the event. Before they even announced it, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to go to the Greensboro Coliseum. That's exactly where they went. Um, promo from Sting and Ric Flair. Apparently, there's another promo on Rampage that uh, gets Ric Flair in some hot water, apparently. So stay tuned to see if they cut that. Well, they're not going to cut it because it was like a 15-minute segment. But 
uh, Flair apparently said like the whole, you know, girlfriend, single girls from 18 to 28 come to the Marriott or whatever and leave your boyfriends at home. People on the Internet uh, did not like that. So we'll see if they cut that. The uh, on the final cut, but yeah, Greensboro being the site of revolution in the 28th should be fun. Um, yeah, should be a good time. Hopefully, it's oh. a, it's a raucous crowd. Uh, they used to be raucous back in the day, but let's see how they look like in 2024. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roosh defeats Mark Briscoe, so he's just Mark Briscoe's just there to lose. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of like a step above Jay Lethal. I would assume Briscoe will, I mean, Jay and Briscoe have to wrestle, so I would assume. Uh, Briscoe's going to beat Jay. So, I mean, you know, there was three matches on the show and all of them kind of were sectioned off and you kind of knew who was going to win. Honestly, like, I think there was a little bit of question in this one with Roosh and Briscoe, but Roosh, you know, doesn't want to do jobs to everybody. So maybe he got to play K Tim and get him a win. So it was, you know, fine match, but I think these are two guys you don't really expect to win the tournament. So, um, it's like, okay, it was an okay filler type of match, but. Nothing too uh, consequential, but we did get some consequential stuff with an MJF promo. He comes out, he uh, alludes to his numerous injuries, you know, the kayfabe one with his hip and his uh, knee. And then he tweeted out during the week that he has a partially torn labrum and he's going to wrestle through it. So we have to wait and see how severe, or how long he'll be out, if he's going to be out. But uh, he cuts a... You know, promo on Samoa Joe putting him over back in TNA. He even named, he even says the forbidden letters of WWE. And no, well, he and he also dropped CM Punk's name on there, just kind of running through a list of names he's beaten over the years and just puts over Samoa Joe. And then the mask men appear and Samoa Joe makes the save. Then we get some technical issues and we will be getting Samoa Joe and MJF in a tag team match against two mask men. I don't think we're going to. I get the devil, but I guess we're getting what, two what, devil minions. When's their when's their match for the title? That would be Dece- uh, a month, I think, exactly from today, December thirtieth. The devil needs to show up at that thing and cost MJF the title. With MJF being hurt, I'm not opposed to it, but I just don't know if Samoa Joe is the guy you want to, you know, defeat MJF in this long title reign. Can't lose again. Like, we can't do that again. I mean, I'm looking at Swerve, and I feel like Swerve is the guy to beat that, to beat him for it. I mean, even like Takeshita, if Takeshita would be on television at all, I think he's a, a good guy to kind of take it from MJF and can't get, you know, onto the next level, or even Adam Cole. Like, if Adam Cole is the devil or Britt Baker's the devil, and Adam Cole is going to be associated and turn heel. Samojo is so talented. If this was like 10 years ago, I would be all for it. But I just don't think right now in Samoa Joe's current iteration, he's the guy that should be taking the title off MGF, uh, you know, a year plus reign. I mean, people were... It's like, you know, it's like we talk about Gunther and, and Roman Reigns. The person you want to beat, you know, to beat them for it. Is going to get something Look, man, you people, want them to get elevated from people it. People were advocating for Joe to beat Punk for the real world title or, you know, that stuff, that thing. And I, I could have, I could have saw it, but look, man, like just do it, just do it. Why not do it? Have Joe hold it for a little bit and, you know, build up swerve or, and have somebody else, you know, in between. It's okay to have a, there, there aren't really transitional champions anymore. You know what I'm saying? They're, 
I mean, I'm not saying Joe has to be a transitional champion, but I'm saying there, there, there aren't really any of those anymore. Th- those are okay to have every once in a while. AEW doesn't do that. Everybody has to hold the title for a year. Like, do something different. Well, the international title has been bounced around, but that doesn't, and the women's title has been bounced around. How many international champions have there been? Uh, let's see. It was he went to Pac, then it went. To, I forgot he was even the champion. He was the first one. Like that said that that. I'm talking about like the the heavyweight championship, the heavyweight championship. That's fine. It's okay to it's okay to do it. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes. That this is the longest reigning AEW champion ever. Okay. I know they've only been around for four years, but. Okay. I don't know what you. I mean, I mean, bro, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, are we advocating for, you know, LA Knight to beat? Roman Reigns, and then you know, two months later, Cody finishes the story and beats Roman or beats LA Knight for it. Okay, you know, or do or you know, do we do we have, you know, Sami Zayn finally win the world title, only for Damian Priest to cash in on him the next day? Why? Who, why not? You know, why not? It's okay. It's fine. Well I, well, I would I would argue that the world title changing hands, hot shottingly, would be more akin to the AEW International Title or. The TB the TNT championship where it's like, uh, okay, there might look, be like a longer title reign, but literally, not gonna mean as much. All three members of the shield were WWE champion in the same night within the span of five five minutes. It's okay. It's okay. But the first champion wasn't champion for well over a year. Okay. Okay, that's that's fine. That, that, that's fine. The point is completely it, different circumstance. The point look, I mean, who, who is who 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 was it? After one of these long, like, multi-year title runs of the WWF, Stan Stasiak held the title for seven days and then lost it. It's okay. It's fine. Different time. My guy. The point is, it is okay to do it. It is fine to do it. So Phil, so Philip is advocating for someone to beat Roman Reigns before Cody does a WrestleMania. I'm not, we're not, nobody's beating Roman. We're not talking about Roman. We're talking about the AEW World Championship. This is what we're talking about here. It's fine. Joe beats him December 30th, holds it until Revolution, have another baby face, or, or have him just get it back, whatever, whatever, and then put it on Swerve at Double or Nothing and call it a day. You know, one of us is the bullet cast prediction champion and the other one isn't. So we'll see who's right at the end of the day. I'm always right. I could just strip your love and put it on myself. I can do it anytime I want. Don't, don't. All right. All right. All right, Vince Russo. Don't just think you're invincible. No, don't, don't do that here. I'm inevitable. Call me Thanos. You, you're not inevitable to nothing. You're right. You think you're, und- you think you're undesirable? Or undeniable? Is that what you think? You think you're undeniable? Undi- definitely undesirable. Well, yeah, we we, we talking about that definitely. right now. Christian Adam Cole have or Adam Copeland have a promo. And a promo. As my microphone accidentally unplugs, but uh, it was it was mainly Christian having a promo, and he just you know tries to weasel his way out of the uh, title match next week in Montreal. For the TNT title, um, Copeland was having none of it, and Christian goes to goes to whack him, and Edge takes him to Dick Kick City, and he was like, "Yeah," and then he says, "Uh, go f yourself." And whoever was on the mute button 
completely fell asleep and did not mute it, and we heard the full F-bomb, and it was hilarious. Uh, that wouldn't happen in WWE. There's a lot of things that wouldn't happen in WWE and AEW. Yeah. Like billion-dollar business wouldn't happen. <laughs> what wouldn't happen in AEW? Sellout venues. Not happening in AEW. Secrets that no one knew about. That, you see? Exactly. Nobody. See, we're not talking to the sheets over here in Stanford, man. We're not doing that. Swerve defeats Jay White advancing. Congratulations. Swerve, we're not right. Swerve was on Chris Van Vliet. I've heard good things. I'm going to have to watch it. Really good match. And this one was very much in question. And I thought this was maybe one of the biggest matches of Swerve's career. Not in terms of like, you know, pedigree by any means, but just kind of seeing where he stood in AEW. And with Jay White coming off the world title loss, maybe you would think he's going to win. They teased the the draw with five minutes remaining, but then they went right to the finish after that. And so a Swerve beating Jay White, I think it kind of cements himself as a favorite to win the tournament. And I'm very excited for that. So I see Swerve moving his way up. You swerve when you drive? Well, I'm I'm normally a, a very safe driver, as you know, Philip, but uh, occasionally. I don't know, man. I you you had me riding in a Jeep in like December with the top off. I felt very unsafe. Well, I'm pretty sure that didn't in happen. In Pacifica I, of all places. I, I'm pretty sure that did not happen because I never have the top off in the Jeep in December. It was nah, man. We went to one of those we went to an APW. It was like November, December, something like that. It never. It, it always comes on. Nah, it, nah, it, nah, it, nah, it, nah. Once some, when summer's over, it usually gets put on. So it never gets. It might get into September. I will be. I will admit, but it's September at the absolute latest. It ain't getting into November. Once that first heavy rain drops, the tarp is on. I, I remember one. It was very. It was very cold when the top was off. I remember. Well, th- well, that's because we were driving in the middle of night across the San Mateo Bridge. It's gonna be cold. I felt I was on. I felt unsafe. And we're driving like seventy miles an hour, so there's wind and there's cold. And I there's felt a breeze. I, I almost lost my voice. And this is what I. This is what I used to do. This you tried to. You tried to take. You tried to take me away from the people. I'm sorry, people, but we're here. Three hundred fifty-six episodes later, we're here. Yes, 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 yes. That's going to do it for us. Um, thank you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um. Brandon, you know, he doesn't know what it means to, about transitional champions being okay, but I do. I understand. Um, so, yeah. Transitional champions are okay, but I think you just have to pick your spots. I mean, you're a transitional champion, so you know. I Tell me about it 19 times, baby. Yeah, yeah, man, you know. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. As always, be safe and stay dangerous. I guess. Everything we did in the time now with the testament. Here is the feeling when we live on the stage. And everything we do, turning the page. Nobody doesn't like us. The feeling when we move, we are excited. Elite podcasting. I know you like it. Yeah, the bullet cast. Feel us. The bullet cast. Feel us. The bullet cast. Feel us. Elite podcasting. We are. The bullet cast now. Feel us. The bullet cast now, feel us. Uh, elite podcasting, no, we are. Uh, elite podcasting, no, we are. Uh, 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 uh.
This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.